Welcome back to the Master of Modern Podcast. I am your host, Alex Kessler, with my co-host, Benjamin Bateman. It's it's the foghorn. Is that a foghorn? Yes. No, I did like a, I did a different like a, version of it. Wah, wah, right? I can, should I do the Inception sound? That's a Welcome boom. to the show, my co-host, Ben Bateman. <laughs> That's closer to a foghorn, right? Like a foghorn's like a thing on a, on, like on a boat so that other boats know your boat is there in the fog. Okay, we're getting a tangent. Today, we were talking about yeah, the modern yeah. band list. Last week was part one. Uh, we talked about what a no band list modern would look like, what that process would be like. We also went over the first half of the, the band list. We went alphabetically from Ancient Den all the way to Mental Misstep. Um... People really liked the episode. Thank you, everyone, who follow uh, who who watched it. it. Was it was a blast? I think one of the reasons that we were successful was uh, that like button and and the way we and we're well, the new the new system is we're doing a little bit of trivia. And if you get the trip, you once you we're going to tell you a question. Your job you need to comment what your answer is before we find the answer out. Then Ben <laughs> is going to guess, uh, and then uh, if you get it right, fine. You can hit the like button if you want. But if you get it wrong, you have to hit the like button. That's the rules. You're betting your like button privileges. So uh, definitely, game, definitely yeah. make sure to get ready for the trivia. The trivia question is, of the five colors in magic, which color has a monocolor angel not shown up in? So even six. I'll include artifacts. Of the six possible options, colorless, blue, green, red, white, and black, all of them, an angel has shown up only that color. So there has been a, you know, there are a bunch of only white angels. I'll give it away. There is a, there are colorless angels. There is an angel for mm-hmm. every color, but one, what color has never had an angel. Now, before Ben, you answer, this is the time everyone comment below with what your answer is. And then you can, then, then, then you'll find out and then you can decide if you want to like it or you have to like it based on what happens. All right, Ben, okay. do you know the so, answer? Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. It's between two for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know for a fact that black has angels. I know that I know that blue has a loser angel. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty positive. It's a blue card. So then it just becomes a question. Green seems the most likely because like red there's red angels, right? There's like a mono red angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's red achroma. Yeah, yeah. So it's green. It's green. Good. Good job. There's also red yeah. angels were a big feature of, uh, Innistrad, Shadows of Innistrad. Yeah, the return. That's I, I mean, I, I probably could have come up with more angels, but I just wanted to double check. You know, but uh, illusion angel is the one people miss. That's that the blue angel is the one that no one ever remembers. It's that's that's because it was originally in a in a not even a conspiracy. It was in um plane chase was where it was first. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's and that's the that's the if it gets targeted one, right? You have to sacrifice it. No, one? no. It's uh, it has to be the second spell you play that turn. Oh yeah, right. That card was sweet. I yeah. like that so, card. So <laughs> so for those, if you got it right. Congratulations. You don't have to put a thumbs up. You can. We would appreciate it. But for those who got it wrong, you're just you got to have to you're going to have to hit that like up uh, thumbs up button. All right. So cards on the modern band list. We're going through each of them and going to talk about do we think they should be unbanned or banned? Uh, we do have a rating system. We're going to establish it now. We had a lot of comments last week. We apologize. We were a little loosey goosey on, on our rating system. I do think we did an OK job walking through what we thought about the cards. So the exact ratings for them seemed less important. I was wrong. Thank you, commenters. We're going to do better. We're going with the letter grade system. Uh, an A is it absolutely should not be banned. A F is totally fine to unban it. In fact, we think it should be unbanned. Uh, D is uh, should be unbanned. Uh, it has the likelihood to be. C is uh, can see it going either way. 
maybe isn't going to be unbanned, could be unbanned, wouldn't be surprised either way. B is should not be unbanned, but maybe the format could change to let it be able to be unbanned or just like shouldn't be unbanned in general. And then obviously an A is never unbanned. And then minuses and pluses will give a little bit more context there. So we've, we've communicated ahead of time to establish what that rating system is going to be. Beyond that, uh, we do want to quickly thank all of the patrons and uh, for helping make this happen. Specifically, want to give a big shout out to Patrick Davidson, who ha- has joined the Noble House uh, of Modern, uh, which is our like higher tier area uh, that you get. You get a, you get your shout out on the episode Pinkies every time. Up. Pinkies, Pinkies up. up. We do a little drink because we're fancy here in modern that's 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 really what it's about and thank you we so are. much for, for donating super super appreciate it and appreciate all of our other patrons and you get a whole bonus seven minutes today we talked about uh first thoughts on white lotus uh which is a new show we talked about a movie ben saw that i starring hugh jackman <laughs> that i already forgot the name of <laughs> um but uh it's it's a blast we uh, there's a whole like ba- about 10 minutes of bonus content every week uh plus you get all this you know other stuff like week the episode a week early and etc cetera, etc cetera. so thank you patrons thank you uh for future patrons could be yes. you. I could have been thanking you, person watching. All right. Uh, and second, uh, make sure uh, really quickly, uh, if you don't want to be a patron, even if you're a patron, down below there's a TCG player link. If you click on it, TCG player just remembers you sent us. You don't have to buy anything right now. Just clicking on the link allows them to remember that we are the ones that sent you their way. And if you buy something from TCG player in the future, which is a great place to buy cards, uh, they'll they'll help us out. So you just doesn't cost you anything. They just remember that you came from us and it helps us out. So definitely check that link below. Uh, it's a big help to the podcast as well. All right. First card we're talking about. This is a, a doozy. It's actually, it's actually one of the, yeah, it's a doozy. To start, to start the episode off with, we got Mox Opal. Now, so actually a fairly recent ban, this card. And what's hilarious about this is this is this card was on the watch list for, like we did over the years, like the modern ban watch list. Mm-hmm. We did that episode more than one time. This was always like the hottest of the hot. And it was just there forever. Mm-hmm. And then finally... I think it was really probably Urza, like the Urza era that pushed this card over the top. But this has been such a linchpin card in so many different decks. It's funny, like, it never felt that dangerous to me. And even now looking at it, it's like, I still feel like it could be. But I, I don't I don't want to say that it's anything other than like a B, probably, really, yeah. if we're being honest. Yeah, for those, for, for audio-only listeners uh, who uh, are, are maybe even new to the format, uh, Mox Opal is a zero-mana artifact, legendary artifact, You uh, and it has a metal craft, which means you can tap it to add one mana of any color, but you can only activate it if you control three or more artifacts. It's a zero-cost artifact. It got banned because... Uh, it just was a too inexpensive, just fast mana. I mean, if you look at a lot of the stuff on this list, that's what it is. Now, I think that Mox Opal was a card that like was always on the edge of getting banned. I think Urza just was like really proof in the pudding that it was problematic. And even if they got rid of Urza, you have stuff like Emery in the format, which makes it makes it rough as well. Because like with Emery and two Mox Opals, because of the legendary rule, you can like play Mox Opal, tap it for mana, tap Set play, uh, then play a second one, sack one, tap the second one, then use Emery to bring the one that went to the graveyard, play it for free. So you can go like you can basically make a second Mox Opal into a Black Lotus if you have an Emery in play, which I think would be problematic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think that there's just it's the if they want to print more powerful artifact cards, which I think they do want to play, Mox Opal will consistently always be a problem. And it's yes. just just over the edge. Um, and I also think I also think to add to that, like 
it's interesting when you look at them trying to figure out ways to print powerful, cheap artifacts that, that increase your mana, uh, your speed, um, and how like this one just was really good. Mox Amber is pretty good. It's a very good card, but it's a little more restrictive. You haven't seen it like bust through in the same way. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Mox Tantalite, for instance, is hot garbage. And like nobody has figured out how to use Mox Tantalite yet. Like it is not a card that is actually good, right? So they experiment with this and it just so happens that Mox Opal was early on enough, I think, in their experimentation that it was pushed a little bit. Because at that point they had done Mox Diamond, they had done Chrome Mox, and those are both very good cards. So I think Mox Opal was them trying to hedge even a little further. And I think they they probably learned their lesson. That's why I think you do see Mox Amber and Tantalite just a little less powerful. If you look into the future, you can see like from when they banned it, like they brought Affinity back. I think if Mox Opal was still legal and modern, they wouldn't have printed any of the Infinity cards that are pushed as much as they are from Modern Horizons 2. I agree. Yeah, I think. Uh, it sucks. Like, and a lot of people are, like bemoan Mox Opal being banned because of the loss of um, affinity. But in reality, it kind affinity had already kind of fallen by the wayside when Mox Opal was printed, right? And it just like was the nail in the coffin, maybe. But it was already kind of falling behind. If anything, it's actually come back more now with the new affinity cards for Modern Horizons Two, and you do have a ton of cool cards. Like I, I even like this, like in food decks, I think would be a problem like with Asmore, because like, like this, if you had this plus you have um, cookbook and you have food tokens that cookbook creates that like very like you could pretty much can you turn one. So you cookbook, turn one cookbook, discard an oval. Yeah, you can turn one Asmore with it. Because you can t- play a cookbook, discard anything, but uh, you know Daredevil would be the best. You make a food token that's two artifact tokens. You play Mox Opal. You have a third one, and then you can tap the Mox Opal to play Asmore. So yeah, yeah, I just like it. Just is broken. I guess all of these are new cards, which I think my people might complain about, but I think it just would always be an issue. I think also it's it's a question of redundancy. I mean, we're we're talking about this one for a little longer. We will about some of the others because it's such an important card. But I think the redundancy factor is like this is a card that responds to a very narrow part of Magic's design. But you're talking about Magic's entire design ever. This is any low CMC artifact that is beneficial to you. Any low CMC artifact that is beneficial to you ever printed in the format since 2003. We're almost 20 years into that cycle. That's a lot of low CMC artifacts that have some benefit. And that means that the more of those they print, the easier this card is to abuse. And it just continues to be like that every single year. So sure. I think it's probably more of, a, of an offender now than it ever has been. And in two more years, if we were to have this conversation again, it would be even worse. Right. So it's just one of those cards. I just don't think it's ever going to be easy to unban this card. Yep. 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 I've actually, honestly, I think we've talked myself into this being an A. Uh, I think it was this, like a, I think it was a C before Modern Horizons two. I think it's an A now. I think we were hedging my bets at B. I think it's an A, maybe an A minus, uh, but I yeah, definitely think it's fair. up there. Uh, next card is Mycosynthlatus. This is a six mana artifact that all permanents are artifacts in addition to their types, and all cards that aren't on the battlefield spells are permanents are colorless, and players may spend mana as though it were mana of any color. Uh, the reason that this finally got banned because it was legal and modern forever is they printed uh, the card Karn the Great Creator, and what's really funny about this is. When this card came out, when Card Creator came out, there was like a two month period where everyone was like, this is broken. This and Eldr- uh, not Eldritch Evolution, um, um, 
the blue green one for more of the spark as well that lets you sacrifice the thing to get oh, a creature. Oh, neo, neo form, neo yeah, form yeah, yeah. are like broken. The formats busted. These cards are problematic. And then Modern Horizons one came out, and they're like, oh. These we like forgot about them. And then six months later, we remembered that like, oh, this is problematic. And basically what it would do is Karn allowed Tron decks to have one Mycosynth Lattice in their sideboard, which costs like nothing for them and play Karn the Great Creator, which is just a generically good card. And then he can use his minus ability to grab Mycosynth Lattice, bring it into his hand, play it that turn because you're Tron. And then from that point on, your opponents are locked out of the game. If you basically yeah. allowed a player to untap with Karn and Tron, you lost. And it ended up just being a, a really too inefficient, like too efficient of a combo to lock people out of the game in a pretty miserable board state. And then on top of that, they don't they don't necessarily win there. So you have to like sit them sit there watching them beat you down. And it's always just kind of this like miserable, really hard to answer experience and probably better that's just not in the format anymore. It's an interesting card. I mean, it's, it's certainly the fact that this is a six mana artifact that is banned is, I think, kind of fascinating. But like, I think it was one of the things that when you talk about the the idea of new players getting into a format and things existing in that format that make it actively unfun, this is an actively unfun thing that you can do very easily. And I think it's also it's a counterintuitive interaction that does not make sense to players that are brand new. Like it, it feels um feels like, like you're it feels cheating. like a broken like. It feels like a broken interaction that would never be printed with like current cards that are being designed right now. Like they wouldn't ever put those two cards together into magic. And that that exists a lot. I mean, one of the comments on last week's video is that we have a bias towards fair magic. I don't think it's true. I just think that like unfair magic is fun until it's totally not fun at all. <laughs> and nobody wants to play against that deck ever again. That's why cards get banned. And that's exactly what Mycosynth Lattice with Karn is. It's like really unfun, really dumb. Uh, and invalidates all of the rules that magic has. You're not supposed to be able to affect people's lands that way. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think it doesn't like. I don't think if this card was legal, it would like take over the format. But I don't think there's any real value in this card being legal. So for me, this is a solid B. It's nowhere near a C. It's 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 like a high B. And 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 in response to that fair magic comment, I mean, like, I think we were like okay with dark depths and against deathrite shaman. Deathrite shaman is fair magic, and dark depths is not. So I don't know how fair that uh, that is. Yeah, Alex, but just getting the feeling the defensive, shade. Defensive, defensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and last week was like higher on the like of fair magic in general. We were pretty like don't ban unban most of these. But yeah, with Mycosynthetis, I also think it's like one one interesting thing about Mycosynthetis is the conversation around should a new card that breaks an old card that was fine be the thing that gets banned or should the old card get banned? Right. That was, that was the big piece of the conversation was Karma was this brand new card. Mycosynthetis was fine for half a decade. And then it, Karn shows up. Karn's the reason this card gets banned. But the reason they kept Karn is because Karn is to this day doing cool, fun things in the format. Mycosynthetis was the thing that made that card broken. And, on the reverse angle, Mycosynth Lattice wasn't a playable card in Modern until Karn showed up. So you have a card that's more fun and a card that was fine. And I think that's why they banned this. Is like this was the one that was more of an issue than Karn. And, and since then, it's Karn's has done a lot of cool stuff in the format. It's like a cool toolbox think, card. Yeah, I think that the answer to the question is that you, you ban the old card because the new card sells packs. <laughs> yeah. our, our next card is Mystic Sanctuary. Uh, one of the unfun lands recently printed. They've really done a lot with with unfun lands, uh, and I, I would I don't even want to go as far as to say unfun lands. I think they're all pretty fun actually. There's you know Field of the Dead and Urza Saga and this card. This is a very powerful card these last few years. Um, 
I don't think Mystic but, Sanctuary is fun. I mean, as as a person who loves Loop and some Snapcaster Mages, I don't think this card's this, fun. That's fair. So Mystic Sanctuary, for those that don't know, it's a it's a land that enters the battlefield tapped unless you control three or more other islands. And when it enters the battlefield uh, untapped, you may put target instant or sorcery card you uh, from from your graveyard on top of your library. So this, in conjunction, because it is an island, technically, that's the thing about Sanctuary that's so interesting is you can search for it with a fetch land. Uh, this in conjunction with like cryptic command and things like that just creates a very, very, uh, grindy control centric board state that is, is hard to get out of. Uh, and, and, and ultimately it's just so easy to take advantage of because it's an Island and you can bounce it back to your hand and replay it and all kinds of fun things like that. And, uh, with cryptic command being able to bounce permanent, it, you loop it with cryptic command forever. And, uh, yeah, that, that in itself is just not very fun. Thing. And it's fetchable. I think yeah. it's a combo of those two things, right? The ability to fetch it out of your deck with a fetch land, so you guarantee will have a Mystic Sanctuary the moment you need it, no matter what. And the fact that you can then loop it. Like, I think if this was not an island, I think it might still be able to be legal in the format. And I think that, well, the card doesn't make sense if it can't find Cryptic Command. So I, th- I think that that those two things together, a easily tutorable combo piece that locks people out of the game in a way that's kind of miserable to play against and it is generically good at all other times i think is just too strong and there's no way to stop it right like the nice thing about snapcaster mage it doesn't use the stat or it uses the stack you can respond to it the only way to stop mystic sanctuary is have like a graveyard exile effect or to counter yeah. the counter spell which is hard on its own so yeah i'm i'm, I'm not surprised this is gone uh yeah i don't have, i don't i think i think to me this it's funny because compared to the other A's, it doesn't feel like an A, but it's so easy to play it. I think it has to stay in the A category. And speaking of the A category, our next card. <laughs> the best Planeswalker uh, ever Oko, printed. <laughs> Oko Thief of Crowns, blue-green one. Uh, Planeswalker for four, uh, plus two create a food token, plus one for- target artifact or creature, loses all abilities and becomes a green elk creature. Uh, with power and toughness three, and then minus five exchange control of target artifact or creature you control with target creature and opponent controls with power three or less. Uh, as you mentioned, widely considered to be the best planeswalker ever printed. It is so funny to me that when this card was printed, it was so off my radar. Like, I, we've talked about the fact that I was out with back surgery when this got printed, but even so, it, it's still like reading it just seemed like slow and cumbersome and like didn't do anything. And then, like, looking back and now having played with it, it's just so 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 good yeah there's 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 two three major issues right the first one is just how much loyalty it has it comes down on four and can plus the six or plus the two on turn three and often on turn two because it is in the color green that lets you play with every mana dork under the planet which often you would especially with the fact that this makes food tokens and there's like birds of paradise is that combo with it so the fact that it like can come down on turn two at six loyalty, if you would like it to, is so, so difficult to fight off. And add to the fact that that's if that's if they plus two. If they plus one, if you have a creature in play, it it brings it out of range of that creature for two turns and then lo- like just removes the creatures from the game. It, it, it inherently is just Beast Within, which is a fringe modern playable card, CD or EDH staple, uh, you have this ability to do it every single turn. You just get the beast within every turn and keep ticking up. And so if you're able to play this and then start playing anything that blocks, this starts just getting in the way. And that doesn't even get into the point that it lets you create a food the turn it comes into play and then plus on the food, turning that into an elk. So it also creates threats every other turn to help 
just kill the player. So it just does so much. The fact that it turns off artifacts and creatures makes it so difficult to fight against, comes down so early, and it's so hard to deal with because of its high loyalty that its ultimate doesn't even matter. Not to mention the fact that, like, you know, Force Negation or Force of Will can discard it. The fact that it's banned in, like, every format but vintage and, like, multiplayer formats like Commander is saying a lot, right? And it's, like, a miserable game experience. It just turns every creature into a 3-3. I think by today's standards, it continues to be an A. I do think one thing that is really interesting about Oko, and I wonder if you agree with me on this, we're, the the War of the Spark era was the era where we started to realize the number of cards being printed that directly dealt with the Planeswalkers was getting higher and higher. And they needed to, and they knew that. Like sure. You started to get a lot more commons and uncommons that were cheap one or two mana cards that just dealt with Planeswalkers really well, removed counters from things. But still, at the time this card was printed, when it was dominating modern, there wasn't anywhere near enough of them at a high enough power level to even remotely deal with this card. And I do wonder, as we move more and more and more into Planeswalkers being such a dominant part of Magic, and there's so many more of them, they have to continue to play with different CMCs. Uh, If eventually we're going to get to a point where there's enough creatures at a high enough power level to deal with Planeswalkers directly, combined with spells, that a card like Oko... Because I think that the biggest thing about Oko, I agree with you, the abilities were great com- combined with the, the casting cost, but it was the high loyalty that was the most miserable part of the card when it would come down so early in games that would swing the game so hard. I think the other abilities, it's pushed on the same level that I think other three mana planeswalkers or four mana planeswalkers have been. But the fact that the loyalty is so high made dealing with it early nearly impossible for a lot of decks. I think I think the ability to plot I think it's the creature removal. I think I think that high loyalty allows that to be a thing. Like it, you know, it would be the same if it started at two loyalty and plus the same way, but then made two twos, right? Like it, it's 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 able to get its loyalty high enough so the three threes it's making aren't able to remove it. But even then yeah. the like the resource game of trying to kill an Oko allows the player who I would be otherwise attacking or using these creatures that I've invested resources in who no longer do anything forever trying to kill their Oko lets the the player play other stuff. It's not like I play Oko and I don't play another card ever again. It's I play Oko on turn three and then I untap and you have to deal with the Oko. And in the meantime, I'm playing other cards and or countering whatever you try to deal to deal with the Oko. So it's not even just that Oko comes down and is in itself this unstoppable removal spell sustaining spell uh threat producing life gain artifact token making card that's almost impossible to deal with in the meantime i'm still a player that exists <laughs> interacting with the game like oko at times felt like playing against did you ever play the giant garrick pre-release card planeswalker they came out with it was Maybe for the not- m M15 pre-release, they like it, your pre-release kit came with a like jumbo size, like the size of a plane chase uh, version of Garrick. Uh, you would play against this planeswalker and it just would automatically select whatever ability it has. Like it just had loyalty things that you would play and they're just so powerful and he had so much loyalty okay. that it was like playing against a regular player. They like made like what a one player version of magic would be. And it was fun like the first two times you played it. But that's what it felt like playing against Oko. He had so much loyalty and every ability turned off what you were doing that it felt like you were just playing a 1v1 game. Felt like you were playing 1v2, right? You're playing against the player and Oko. Yeah, I I like I I think this is an A, and I don't think there's a way. Like people brought this up when I meant to mention that did this card in TikTok. I'm like, oh, what if they like with all of the new red removals for planeswalkers, is Oko easier to handle? And it's still just like the window you have to be able to deal with it. And the fact that it just makes every creature does not exist is pretty miserable. And then I do think it's interesting. I, I, people I would think, say I keep I keep Oko at an A. I think I think my only point in saying that was I do wonder if the biggest restrictor on the card 
and the inevitability that comes early being high loyalty means that over time, kind of the reverse of the Mox Opal problem, you know? Sure, sure. Um, I do think also people have brought up that what if its ability was a minus one instead of a plus one? I think if Oko was a plus one for food and minus one for the elk ability, it would be more allowable in formats. Once upon a time is the next card. Yeah, once upon a time, I mean, same era, right? And a card that hasn't been that long. I didn't play a whole lot of once upon a time. I mean, this this was a very dominant modern card. People liked it a lot. I think the attitude surrounding this card is that it's it's free, and a lot of people think that this card should stay banned. I was a little more lukewarm when we talked about it last week briefly. What, what do you feel about this card? It has mental misstep problems in the sense that, like, when this is legal in a format, there's really bad arguments for not every deck should be playing it. And the fact that this does need you to... Like, you don't even need to spend green mana, but, like, having green, it just makes it a little bit more uniformed. It just makes decks a little too consistent, lets people to cut down on lands. Every deck has the ability to ponder. It made the format really, really linear, and that added to the London Mulligan rule just made it so, like, combo decks that could take advantage of this were that much farther ahead and were able to mulligan that much harder. It basically was, like, a free mulligan for every deck that was playing it in some ways, right? Mm. Uh, So it just, like, was too... I think it's too over the line. I think it's, like... Of the cards on this list that I think are like problematic, I think it's fine. I think it just is never going to be fair, so it's never going to come off. But I think it like from a strict power level, I think it's I think it's still an A, but I think it's like an A minus. I don't think its power level is too degenerate. I just think what it does is too good and too uniform, and will always be that good. I don't think there's like I don't think the metagame could change to make this playable in modern or like find unban. Yeah, it's it's it fits that same category. I mean, our next our next two cards after Once Upon a Time are Ponder and Preordain. And it's interesting when you when you and I spoke about these last week, we briefly said that you could unban one, but not both. And they kind I mean, they're not the same as Once Upon a Time. They aren't because that's a free card. But the consistency that they deliver the format's very similar. They they have that same kind of thing. And I don't know. I mean, Serum Visions has been a highly played card for a long time in the format. And, and when it was legal, Gataxian Probe saw tons and tons of play. And, um, you know, there, there are certainly versions of cards like this that people like to play a lot. There's a, what's the other one that people play now? There's a newer one that people play all the time. Opt. Uh, sometimes. But I feel like there was another one that cost two. Is it Omen of the Sea, maybe? Uh, the new one is the red-blue one. That's like the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that, that, that's the one, the strict saving one. That's that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. So cards like that will always see play. F- first question. What do you think is more dangerous for modern ponder or preordain? Is it ponder just purely because of fetches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pon- pon- I don't think you could unban ponder ponder. I think ponder is, is with fetch lands is not strictly better than preordain, but significantly better. Um, preordain is worse with fetches. I like I guess we can talk about them together. Uh, so I think I think preordain is a C minus and I think ponder is a B plus. And I think I think if you unban one the other one becomes an A. Um and I think with preordain preordain versus serum visions I've always kind of argued that preordain makes fair decks better and preordain and serum visions makes unfair decks better because you with serum visions you are setting up your next turn to win. Right. Like you cast it, it, you draw a card and then you scry two. So you on your next turn. You'll be ahead. You'll you'll have the card you need to win the game. Preordained can do that, but it more often than not is helps you find the answers you need right now to win the game right now, which is why it's a problem. But often to find the answers to stop your opponent to the problems you're facing right now. So I think it's a little bit better for fair decks. And right now there aren't a lot of good ones for fair decks. 
which I, yeah, well, bias, fair decks are great. <laughs> um, but so like, I think preordain is, is better. And it also is worse with fetches, right? Like with serum visions, this happens all the time, but preordain would have the same problem where like you preordain, you draw the land you need. And then you also want to keep the other top card. Now you can't fetch, right? Like you have to wait to get that card or you have to sacrifice that card where with ponder fetch lands are generally just going to be better at all times with the card. Cause you get, you get the dig for three, you get to get one of those three. Yeah. I, 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 I like ponder. I think is just strictly better. Uh, I know the word strictly better is an annoying word for people because like, but technically it's not, you know, yeah, but I think it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think it's a fair point you make. I, I, I would say that I would definitely argue you could probably unban preordain at least, you know, that thing that they were doing in Pioneer with the with like the watch list or whatever, not restricted. What the hell is it called? They were doing suspended. Yeah, mm-hmm. suspended and same with historic. It's, it's I think it's that it's that kind of a thing where you could uns, you could sort of unsuspend preordain for a couple months and see what happens. But I think that the decks that play serum visions that like play four of them are already pretty good. Like those those decks like to play that card. And I think that that's per- perfectly fine. And like flashing back with Snapcaster Mage and getting to use it with, uh, you know, Dread, like Dread Horde. Like I think the, so those decks that, that take advantage are already good. Giving them a better mm-hmm. cantrip in that spot. I'm not sure that really makes. I don't think those deck needs help. Those decks sure. really need help. I, right? I, will, I will say I like what we saw with the new opt that surveils, right? They, they preview yeah. that for Innistrad. And I think that, I tweeted this. I'm a big fan of opt being the shock of blue cantrips and th- allowing wizards to use that as their base level. And to me, preordain or ponder are kind of the lightning bolt. And I guess my thought is like lightning bolts legal in modern. So if the shock is opt, what is, and the lightning bolt isn't, maybe it should be, but I understand why it's not. Um, and, but, and it allows the design space of like cool other stuff. Cause the other ones are seeing play, right? It's not like, opt and serum visions don't see play in modern so by printing period and you automatically kick those out so i like i like them having the versatility uh let's let's get to the next one um uh because i do well, well, you, let me ask you your, your your letter grade that's what i wanted to know on those cards i, I gave them i think uh period is a c and ponder is a uh b but if they unban period and ponder becomes an a Okay. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm in agreement with you there. Um, uh, yeah. Next uh, up, we you reminded me. You remind me because we didn't say it at the beginning of the episode, but there is a part two to this t- episode, and that is the temp ban list. So there's a whole conversation you want to have about temporary unbannings, but we can get there in a second. Um, so that that'll be the second half and uh, the name of the episode. Uh, Preordain is uh, followed by Punishing Fire. Uh, one of the red instant Punishing Fire deals two damage to a creature or player. Whenever an opponent gains life, you may pay one red. If you do, return Punishing Fire from your graveyard to your hand. This combos with uh, Grove of the Burn Willows, which is a land that when you tap it, you force your opponent to gain a life, which then allows you to then make a red mana because it taps for red or green. You can use that red mana to bring Punishing Fire back. So multiples of those lets you loop Punishing Fire if you have enough mana to just keep killing, having shock available for three mana forever. Um, so one of the coolest, I think it's one of the coolest unintentional interactions between two cards I've ever seen. I've always loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do actually think, if I have to be completely honest with you, I think Punishing Fire is like F territory at this point. I'm at, I, I, I'm at a D minus, but yeah, I agreed. I, I look at the the how slow this is, and we used to talk about how punishing to creature decks, no pun intended, this was. Like, it doesn't even feel like it begins to compete with what decks are doing now. And I do understand that this is the same conversation that we've had about things like Mystic Sanctuary, where to, to play this, 
all you're doing is playing a good land and then a couple copies of a spell, but the spell's bad. A two-mana shock that you have to spend mana to buy back over and over again when so many decks have easy, convenient ways to deal with your graveyard, if you even have them gain life and go for it one time and they just respond to you, like, they just, like, endurance the graveyard in response, and now you've, like, wasted time, you've wasted mana, you've wasted a turn. Like, that's that's damaging enough they might just be able to get out in front of you, you know? Especially if you kept an opening hand, maybe, that had this because you thought this was going to be the key. Like, there's a lot of convenient ways to deal with graveyards. I don't think Punishing Fire... It's good. It would get played. I just don't think it's even remotely oppressive anymore. Yeah, I can see them unbanning this. It's definitely on the, the higher end. I, the things I worry about is, like, just... Uh, and Faithless Looting ban- being banned actually helps to me because it, it's not another just like very playable red card that Faithless Looting could just discard for value. Um, Dragon Rage Channeler being able to just like surveil this into your graveyard mm-hmm. is a little a little spooky to me. Uh, the fact that this just like wrecks Rag- R- Ragavan and Dragon Rage Channeler and other cards right now is maybe a thing on its favor, right? Like maybe that's a good card to unban to help answer decks that are currently seeing a ton of play in the format right now. Um, but, but on the other hand, it's this, you can play it alongside Raghavan and Dragon Rage Channeler right. very easily. <laughs> right. So that's that's yeah. that's another challenge. But those decks are trying to do something a little bit less like grindy as Punishing Fire and maybe gives grindier decks like Jund a little bit of leg up. Yeah, I think I think this is a D minus. I don't think it's quite enough because of what you said. It does hurt creature decks really, really heavily. But it's definitely one of the cards that I think like, oh, yeah, if I had to unban, if you were to force me to unban some cards, this one would be very high on my list of like easy to e- easy or safe to unban. Um Uh, next card is Rite of Flame. Yeah, now this card is this card is deceptive. And I think I, I don't think that anybody listening to this and watching this is going to be convinced that this is like really safe. But I do think that when you look at this card, it takes a second to recognize just how bad this could be for modern. Uh, Rite of Flame is a sorcery for a red. Add red, red to your mana pool. Then add red to your mana pool for each card named Rite of Flame in each graveyard. So cards that accelerate like this are already dangerous. Like they're just already good. And they've banned the ones that cost more than this, which we'll probably just get to immediately after this because it's like the same conversation. We'll skip two ahead actually and have that the same part of the same conversation. Um, but Rite of Flame already on its own, just going from one to two is right. It's just a ritual. Yeah, yeah. There's I, other rituals. I, I think like, this card is bannable if it only had the first ability. I agree. I think this is still so <laughs> firmly in A. Like it's like I like look at this card and I'm like, oh my god, I would never want this to be legal in modern. Because what I mean is that the other card to talk about is Seething Song, and that is that is red two for an instant that for three mana for red two adds five red to your mana pool. This got banned in an era a long time ago, but has never been unbanned. And and I, I think Seething Song's closer to unbannable. Like maybe yeah. Seething Song's like a like a C. Like it's it's probably somewhere in the middle. But like. Red of, Red of Flame is just that card on steroids. I, there's it's, it's, it's a hard A for me there, whereas Seeding Song is kind of right in the middle, but still pretty powerful. It, it is not hard to get two of the same two of that card into your graveyard, or just one additional card into your graveyard, and then now you have Dark Ritual. Yes. Exactly. Which should also not be legal in modern. Uh, yeah, I think I think I agree. I, I think we can just skipping over the Seething Song. Seeding Song to me is a C. Uh maybe a C plus B minus range, but definitely in that space where it's like they probably won't unban it. There's no reason to really unban it. The, like what these cards generally do are things that Wizards doesn't want to be too good. And they'd rather print new cards that make those decks better than old cards they know make those decks good. And 
Rite of Flame is just a better version of both of those cards. So I think I think that's yeah where I'm at. I think neither of them are going to be unbanned. I think Rite of Flame is an A for sure, with with Seething Song being closer to a B minus. Um, the next card is a Cita Synod, which we kind of did already, right? We did the Artifact Lands, but just I think we did all of we them had a together. Conversation. Starting with Ancient Den, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I do think Seed of the Synod is the best of all of them. I think just having it in blue is like really, really good. Yeah. Um, probably the blue and the red are the important ones. But yeah, I I, I think our opinion, it's interesting because somebody in the comments last week was like, they printed new dual colored artifact lands in Horizons 2 that are that they're tapped. Yeah, coming into play tapped is significantly worse than coming into play untapped. And, and blue, the blue one specifically is the one that I could never see. That's not true. I could see them all being unbanned. I think they're all like in the D tier with the blue one being in the C tier and maybe the red one being in the C tier. But I like like the like it just this one is the one that puts it over the edge to me uh, coming into play tapped for an artifact land or coming into play as an artifact land and not tapping for a mana of a color is significantly worse than being able to cast Urza off of an artifact land. Yeah, I mean, we, we, when we used to play Highlander Gauntlet all the time, we would talk about the fact that there were so many dual lands available, right? Mm-hmm. But that any of them that came into play tapped were essentially useless. Like, at a certain point, the format got so so competitive, similar to modern, that, like, you just can't afford to have lands come into play tapped. The land has to be doing something so bananas, bonkers, busted. Um, that was a triple B. Lit over there. Um, that... Uh, I mean, the fact that Seed of the Synod comes in untapped reduces the cost of your thought monitor by one, but then also gives you the base color you need to cast it is like, that can't, that can't get a band. Um, the next card on our list here to talk about is Second Sunrise. Um, this is the linchpin card of the eggs deck. It is white, white one. It's an instant. It states that uh, each player returns to play all artifact creature and enchantments and land cards that were put into his or her graveyard from play this turn. Um yeah, I mean, this is just this was part of a very, very competitive deck from a few years ago. Uh, this card's been banned now for probably five years, something like that. Uh, the eggs deck isn't good for magic. It's not good for modern when it's legal. Like we've seen it. The Ironworks was kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, uh, even even if they're better. The problem with the eggs deck is it's good enough where players that are not good at it will play it at a at a major tournament. And then yeah. the deck being played in high numbers makes major tournaments untenable. Right. Like that's yeah. that's. There's two part problems. The deck was already was was possibly the best deck in the format for a, a good nine months. And and that time was also uh like kind of a miserable place. Like Wizards doesn't like Storm-esque decks to be the best deck in a format for an extended period of time. So Eggs was already on thin ice. Uh add the layer that this card being legal in a format makes it so you like tournaments don't work. And the way reason they don't work, so people know, is that eggs can take 20 minute long turns and not know if they're going to win or not until the end of that turn. And the way tournament magic works at the end of your game, you go into turns. And so each player from turn, the turn that the clock ends on forward, each gets three turns. So five rounds total. Uh, And that means that the eggs player has three turns worth of time to and those those turns can be infinitely long there's not a time limit to those anymore so they have three turns worth of time to try and win which means that they're going to every single time attempt to go for the win which means that every round had an extra hour of time added to it at the end of it and gps are already known for being too many rounds in one day and too tight and it just made 
tournament magic no longer work uh and so i this is an a for that reason to me if anything if eggs gets good again whatever is making it good will also get banned yes i would agree i I don't think there's any necessity for that card to come back um funnily enough our next card that we're going to talk about is actually this and i think i'd probably give i would probably give the card second sunrise a b i I don't think it's a hard a but i think it's firmly in in that like upper tier um our next card is sensei's divining top which has been banned in modern forever it's never been legal and it's uh, it's 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 combination of power with counterbalance. Um, it's the fact that it just makes turns that every player that plays this card take forever to play with, uh, from good to bad to medium players. Like it's just it's 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 also just a really powerful card. Like it's a super 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 good card. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is no? a card. This is a card to me that is both too powerful now, especially. And um, has that the same timing issue where people will take extremely long turns, uh, but just just like counterbalancing this is a soft lock that modern probably doesn't want in it. It makes the format unfun. It's too good for legacy. Add that to the card selection that Sensei Top gives, which just makes decks very very consistent. That like this is a better card than Ponder and Preordain, and arguably better than Once Upon a Time. Uh, if those cards can't be legal top can't for the same reasons and then add the layer that you mentioned which is like once you get to turn five i can now activate this top five times a turn in response to every single effect that my opponent does drawing the game out significantly uh and just adds yeah and then that doesn't count fetching and decision making and oops i didn't mean to do that and weird cheat moments yeah it's it's uh it's good it's gone (laughs) that's never been legal yeah, to me, it feels like a pretty, pretty firm A. Our next card is really an interesting one to actually talk about. And I wonder if you feel it's a, it's a hard A as well. Um, it's Simeon Spirit Guide. It's one of the most recent bands. Um, you know, this card is an ape. It's a monkey. Uh, red 2 for a 2-2 two, two ape spirit. Uh, exile Simeon Spirit Guide from your hand. Add red to your mana pool. This was always the card that allowed decks to be a turn faster. But uh, the downside is that it has no center, synergy or significance with basically anything else that any deck does. So it's just a free card to speed ahead in the first turn or two turns. Uh, and then later is just a 2-2 two, two for three that you draw that is worthless. Um, but drawing lands late in games often is worthless. So it's not really any different than that in a lot of ways. Well, and it did two, two, power though. decks. It's a creature. Uh, you have claimed to have won games before by attacking with a spirit guide. I've beaten you with this in the spirit guide. Is that true? Yeah. It's it's just like that that, that may have been in your dreams. I'll be honest. (laughs) I mean, I mean, here's the deal. Uh, Fast mana is problematic in modern. Simeon Spirit Guide only did broken things. This is kind of Wizards explanation. I think it's a B because I don't think it was too, too problematic, but it was just like this continues to just show up in decks that make us want to ban them. And if this didn't exist, it it wouldn't be a problem. Uh, Interesting fact. So there's like kind of a conversation I'm having right now about CDH and its effect on magic, because I think that CDH is more popular than it gets credit for. And I was pointing at, you know, the card prices of a lot of really popular CDH list cards. Often there are also cards that are popular in regular commander, but those prices have gone up uh, because of playing CDH. And then someone pointed at ad nauseum and the... like the the reason ad nauseum is not as expensive it's still a ten dollar card which is not cheap for a card that now only sees play in cdh and the reason it's only that low is because modern got banned in modern the moment it cdh became popular so like every modern player sold their 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 ad nauseum decks and then everyone picked this up so it's interesting that this banning has having effect in other formats that way but yeah i just don't i like 
it's not it is by far maybe the weakest fast mana card on on the ban list which is why it was only the most recent one banned but i also see just like this type of thing being a thing that they don't need to be in the format fair yeah i think uh probably as the format gets more and more powerful it, it probably stays in the a, in the a tier for me i don't think i really see a card like this isn't going to get worse it's just going to get better pretty right. better now that it wasn't they banned it right um talking about a tier though holy crap our next card to me this th- to me this is right at the top this is like this is right at the top of the whole band list is it's it's a uh, skull clan and for those that don't know it's an equipment it costs one uh to cast Quick creature gets plus one minus one whenever a quick creature dies draw two cards and it equips for one mana um the fact that already we have this deck hammer time the fact that stoneforge mystic is legal the fact that like ragavan is a legal card <laughs> ragavan's a two one that's legendary so you literally don't want to have more than one of them can you imagine having skull clamp and ragavan in the same deck <laughs> like yeah, uh, and like stone. None of these cards could exist. The card, the format could just be like mono creatures attacking each other. I think Skull Clamp would be too good. I like this card is yeah. uh, not a card you can unban. It's not unbanned in any other one v one format. Uh, I guess maybe Vintage plays it, um, but like Vintage Staple banned in Legacy, ba- banned in, in 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 Modern. I like don't see this card being fine. I'd play this in the Shadowborn Apostle deck. I'd play I'd play the Shadowborn Apostle deck with four skull clamps and some sick demons, <laughs> and that would just be a game over. It's fair. It's fair. Really fun. Uh, yeah. Yep, I, moving on. I think it's a, that's a hard A. Top I think. Of the list. I think uh, is goblins maybe the scariest list with skull clamp. There's uh, probably I mean, goblins. Else. Yeah, rat- elves would be crazy. Yeah, scary. Like, yeah, it's all bad. It's all bad news. Um, <laughs> all right, next card. And this is this is this is probably there's probably two real cards that have a conversation left uh that is wider and and this one's a big one um probably going to be in the thumbnail to be honest uh a splinter twin and splinter twin is two red red enchant creature uh, uh enchantment aura enchant creature enchantment creature has tap it put a token that's a copy of that creature onto the battlefield it, it gains haste exile it at the beginning of the next end step and with any creature that enters the battlefield to untap another creature uh it goes infinite you just make infinite of that creature and you attack your opponent on win combos famously with two flash creatures uh exarch and pest not pestermite pestermite yeah pestermite, pestermite, uh, pestermite uh and deceiver exarch allowing you to go infinite famous combo uh the world has wanted this to be unbanned since it was banned we famously had tom lapilli who was uh, one of the lead developers for wizards for a long time uh onto the podcast after he had left wizards and he like explicitly explained by the time of the next pro tour the head of the company is going to go in his office come out grumbling and be like eh let's unban splinter twin um and that's what happened <laughs> a lot of people think splinter twin got banned from a diversity perspective uh making it it was just such obviously the best deck in the format or a very good deck that going into a pro tour most pros would just play it and they wanted more variety or more of a wide open format for pros to try and solve because they believe that's what made a good pro tour uh watching experience and so they banned splinter twin before that that did create that um but a lot of people think it should be uh unbanned i for a very long time agreed with uh disagreed with them i thought it made playing three drops really 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 like uh unlikely it made the format kind of unfun uh because anything over three mana that was a sorcery 
just you would lose the splinter twin uh unless you like waited four turns and in that time they're able to tempo you out um i've since come around i am now at a d on this card i think this card can be unbanned um i think it's like reach stoneforge mystic level of like infamy and that's exactly when they might want unban a card and i think like if they wanted to make a splash and unban a card splinter twin would be it now this plus counterspell plus archmage charm plus cryptic command is a lot of really powerful counter magic plus force negation yeah i was gonna say you also are forgetting the fact that like there's so one of the issues for a long time with with the splinter twin deck in my opinion was always that well if your opponent knows what you're doing you know you you were playing with this this card this useless card this 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 four mana aura that basically only does your combo and otherwise has essentially no benefit you could put it on a snapcaster mage but otherwise like it was a dead card so the fact that you have like some some options now that you could be playing what's it fury is that the card that that burns out creatures if you exile a red card the evoke one the new one correct the fact that you can be playing like 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 Fury in the deck to have like ways to get rid of additional Splinter Twins if you need them, or the fact that you have cards now like Force of Negation and Subtlety, all your blue red cards that are already good just get they're just made even better by the fact that we have like more free interaction now. So I, I don't think this is better or like unfairly better than a lot of other things. I actually think it's probably on the level of most of the powerful things people are doing, but I also think it's tried and true as a playstyle that really good players adopt. And then they fairly win games. Like, it doesn't hinge on your ability to resolve the combo or you lose. Blue-red tempo decks have just gotten 10 times better than they were when this was legal. This has been banned for five and a half years. The format's a lot better than it used to be. A blue-red tempo deck is just a good, a really good deck now. If you want to play a control deck. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think like, well, A. I'd put, uh, it, at putting, a I'd put it at a C. Okay, putting Splinter Twin on a Fury sounds insane. Just like, oh, on, like a on the fury, yeah, casting yeah, fury, and then on t- and then your next turn casting <laughs> splinter twin onto fury sounds like an unbeatable uh, moment, um, like in an ephemerate fury splinter twin Jeskai deck. Uh, I agree. I don't know. I think I think splinter twin from a power level perspective is also as answerable by a lot of those things. I don't know if the tempo decks are splinter twin decks. Like I don't think a rag or a Ragavan deck is a splinter twin deck. I think those are two different things. So I think like it does bring variety into a blue red category that I think would be really interesting and allows people to play at different accesses. And then like the removal spells for creatures are also significantly better. Like at that time, true, true. you didn't have everything from K command to assassin's trophy to, uh, fatal push like fatal push didn't even exist uh paths yeah. lightning bolt magma whatever the the new one the red one that's a shock but also six if you have delirium that i'm forgetting the name of um like there's so many good removal spells now not to mention the ephemerates uh so i think i think splinter twin to me is a d minus uh and would be would be like the splashy card wizards would unban I think I'd probably put it at a c i think i think i think it's maybe a c it's a c it could even be as far as a d but I think it's. I don't think it's that much worse now than it was then. Um, I think the. I think the cards that it pairs with and the deck that it's in is just a better deck than it used to be. So, I, I think it's safe, but I don't think it's the safest. I think I'd put it somewhere in the middle. I think a C is about right. I'm gonna put it in F. I'm gonna make big Holy calls. Smoke. I think I'm. I think he's I going would, for it, folks. I would say Wizards unban Splinter Twin. They might have to reban it, but I'd say Wizards unban Splinter Twin in the next two years, before wow. Modern okay. Horizons three. It's going to be my is my statement. Um, Rock and roll. All right. Next card is Summer Bloom. 
Uh, this is one of the green. You may play up to three additional lands this turn. Uh, Amulet Titan has gotten better, so I don't see this yeah. being unbanned. But this was specifically <laughs> good with Bounce Lands and Amulet and Amulet Titan decks, allowing you on turn two to win the game. Now, Simeon Spirit Guide is also gone, so the like the the turn one win is now gone, which is a good thing. But the turn two win. Or is it a turn? It's now a turn three win. You like the turn? Oh, the turn two wins because if you play Amulet on turn one and then you play Summer Bloom on turn two, you play. Oh no, I'm sorry. It is a turn. It's a turn. You because you play. You play. You play Amulet. You play Summer Bloom on turn two. You get six man off of a bounce land. You play Primeval Titan. It finds two. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, you don't even play Primeval Titan. You play. You play uh, Pact the the uh, Hive Mind, and then you just pay any Pact, and you win. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yes. I mean, the, 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 the hyper, hyper, hyper fast version of the deck that Summer Bloom allowed is faster than the one we have here. It's less consistent. It's more of a glass cannon deck. But I, I think I'm with you just in the sense that that deck, doing that with those cards, does not need more firepower. It's already one of the best decks. Right. I mean, right now, it's, isn't, a, it's yeah. a little, uh, it's Sorry, a little outside the top 10, I think, in, in terms of most played. I think it's a little less good than that. But I think it's always lurking and right around there. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think so. I, I, I'd say Summer Bloom probably is in the, the high B category. It's like B. I think I think the issue with Summer Bloom is more that the deck is still powerful. If they ban Primeval Titan, I think you could unban Summer Bloom, but you'd have to ban yes, Primeval Titan. Agreed. And it's a very and that's a very different experience. Um, the next card on the list is a card that came out and was a thing in a time I didn't play modern at all. Because this is this is pandemic magic. <laughs> yeah, this is pandemic magic. And so I was not like. I physically have never touched this card. Tibble's Trickery. Um, can you explain? Do you are you able to explain to me how this works? Like what the, the problem was? It's red. I'll read it right now. It's red one for an instant. Counter target spell. Choose one, two, or three at random. Its controller then mills that many cards, then exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card with a different name than that spell. They may cast that spell without paying its mana cost. Then they put the exiled cards on the bottom of their library in random order. I, like, it's such a confusing card when I read it every time that when it got banned, I like tried to read the explanation of why it got banned. And I was like, yeah, I think that checks out. This seems like it's doing something really unfair. So basically, Tibble Trickery works like this. Uh, it plays four Violent Outburst, the, the Cascade spell. Uh, it plays four Emrakul and one Tibble's Trickery and only lands. And you literally mulligan until you get a Violent Outburst. That's all you need. As long as you have a Violent Outburst, you are likely to draw by turn three, three lands. And a lot of those lands are utility lands. So it, it's playing some type of removal spells. Then you cast Violent Outburst. It will guarantee Cascade into Tibble's Trickery. And then you counter the Violent Outburst that's still on the stack with Tibble's Trickery, which then allows you to make Tibble's Trickery find any card in your deck that isn't Violent Outburst and put it into play, which is only Emrakul's. So you just are guaranteed to cast Emrakul on turn three every single game, No, not no matter what, but basically no matter what. And then you have a bunch of utility lands that are pretty decent at being able to help stabilize if you need to. Everything from like the life gain one to uh, cycling lands to... Uh, Mystic Sanctuary to help you rebuy to Bolt's Trickery if you need to uh, at the time, to Kalini Garden to help block, to Gemstone Cavern to go do this a turn earlier, right? It's just playing good random other cards, so if you do have to interact, you're able to get there uh, as far as the lands go, but like, it's, it's, it's ostensibly a combo deck that you just need lands, and and it just was like too easy to put the combo together, too guaranteed that they had to ban it. 
Gotcha. 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 It's okay. a set. It makes a, sense. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an A to me. I don't, I don't think like, I don't think there's a world where like, yeah, let's make this deck possible, especially since they added additional cascade, a cascade creature now that's just probably better because it allows you to like block if they like are able to counter the trickery or whatever yeah. and you have like a two two so yeah i don't i don't see that deck coming back um the next card next up next up we have a i think pretty firmly a still treasure cruise uh blue it, it's a blue card cost blue seven uh and it states draw three cards and it has delve <laughs> yeah a sorcery yeah you just delve away a bunch of cards and draw and 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 like I mean, it's funny because Murktide region is like super good right now, and it's kind of doing a lot of similar th things to what Treasure Cruise is doing in terms of the raw power of what it's able to achieve. It's not as you don't draw three cards off of it, of course, but, you know, the combination of like that and Thought Monitor both being printed, it's sort of they're both kind of plays on things that Treasure Cruise is doing in a lot of ways, um, taking advantage of the same redundancies. But I think Treasure Cruise just like in every format I've ever played this card it's so easy to achieve. We talked about Dig Through Time already. It, Dig Through Time is the card if you were going to allow this to happen. You would, I, I don't think there's any world in which Treasure Cruise being unbanned doesn't bust the format. Like, those decks that were good back then, they didn't lose anything. They just got way more good cards. Like, they're just... We, Rog, like, again, we just talked about Ragavan. <laughs> that deck just plays Ragavan and other and, and Dragon Rage oh. Channeler now instead of Delver. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Rage Channeler and, 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 and Treasure Cruise together it's just such a dumb combo to allow to exist in any format really um we have yeah. lava, like we have a lava dart now like like all these other cards that make like the, the pyromancers that were in that deck even better yeah um, i just it's, i don't think yeah. it's ever happening and and that's not even getting into like the jeskai jeskai ascendancy combo decks the interesting thing about treasure cruise is that it was when it was banned uh just the most It was extremely diverse format. Like the top yeah, eight right. before Birthing Pod got banned was like eight totally different decks. And yes, a few of them were Treasure Cruise decks, but it was like Delver, uh, Scapeshift, Jeskai Ascendancy, uh, Grixis, and like two Birthing Pod style decks and like a random knot. None of those like Jund were, was like the top eight of the last. It was like there was like the first at that time, especially one of the first ever modern Grand Prix where the top eight was literally zero repeat decks. And yeah, I think it was only one birthing pod deck. And that was like, and then they, um, then they banned birthing pod treasure cruise and, and dig through time like the next week. So like interesting that that's true. Uh, the format was still pretty unhealthy and like pretty totally dominated by those cards. Um, yeah. in a way that just, I think was just like too powerful and cards have gotten that would abuse it have just gotten better. Yeah. It's just like a solid a, Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath is the next one I'm going to bring up here. And yeah. it's a pretty recent banning. I've been pretty on the record about how much I hate this card. I love playing <laughs> with it. I hate playing against it. It's, I don't like what this card does for magic. I've, I'm not a fan of it at all. Um, I don't think it's any different than it was when it was banned. I think it's just an unfun experience to have this card around. It's not that different either from, from, um, from, from Oko. Like it's it's a different effect, but it's it feels kind of similar in a lot of ways to uh, when it's when it comes down early in the game and you're just like, Ugh, it's gonna be this game, huh? It's so bonkers like, to me that Oko and Uro were meant to be in standard together. Yeah, so crazy. <laughs> Honestly, I think one of the reasons that they both got passed into being printed is that because both of them were legal, like wizards, like decks couldn't play both. 
right? Like a like a standard blue green deck couldn't handle full eight of eight really powerful through three drops, three drop yeah. blue green spells, and so decks ended having to like split which one they were choosing, and so like they didn't get nearly as much dominant in play because like Uro's really good against Oko, but then Oko is really good against Uro, so they have like a little bit of a counterplay to them. But yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't understand how both of those cards existed at the same time in standard. Um, it's weird too because I don't think of Uro as like the power level of the card being an A, but but I but I like. I, I think do. the combination of the, you do. OK, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was going to say I put it in the A category because I just think it makes the format worse. Um, so that gets us to our last card here. And this is funny because I we, I talked about this loosely well, last week a little bit. Really, oh, yeah, really quickly. Um, uh, Tree of Tales and Volta Whispers are actually the two. Uh, I, I think Tree of Tales is the like one I would unban like tomorrow. I, I, I think they don't want to unban one of them at a time, but I think Tree of Tales would be totally cool to unban and I think it would be fine. All right. Uh, and then Volta Whispers is. I think it might be better to unban than the what it's hard to tell with Asmore. I think it's hard. I, I think both of them are just, yeah, the, it's similarly powerful. All right. Last card on the list. And then we have a conversation about uh, temporary unban lists. Uh, but let's 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 finish it off. Umazawa's Jite. Uh, another card from before they knew how equipment should work <laughs> Two two uh, mana for a legendary artifact equipment. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage, put two charge counters on GTA specifically, uh, remove a charge counter from GTA, choose one. Equipped creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn. Target creature gets minus one minus one until end of turn. You gain two life equip two. Um, yeah. Now, so I yeah. think the thing about this card that stands out, go for it. You have a, you have a, you have a whole thing. Go. The, the thing that stands out to me about this card is that, it's a card that I didn't play for a long time. I hate playing against because of the types of decks I like to play. And anytime I ever draw it in any of the decks I've ever played it in, I don't take advantage of it. I like it's always like one of the last things I do. It tends to, it tends to be in my hand. I don't want to cast it and deal with equipping it. Um, I think and maybe that's just a, a me thing, but like it is a little cumbersome as a two drop that then costs two to equip and it's legendary. Um, I think it's very powerful. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think it's a really good card, but I think the fact it's the fact that the counters stay on the GTA that makes this card what it is, right? That's, that's, that's the, that's the trick of Umazawa's GTA. That's so different than most other cards is that you don't put the counters on the creature. You put the counters on the GTA. So even if you kill the creature, the counters are still there. You can still do the thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I, historically, I would have thought of this card as an A. I just don't think it's an A. I think this card's probably like a, C and I think I think C is fair. I think a lot of people like to tweet that it's at D or F or comment and <sighs> GTA can be very toxic against specific creature deck based decks that I think wizards would want in the format. I think this card was like with uh Raghavan is like painful. Uh, I think that's like, yes, it would be good against those decks, but those decks are the exact decks you'd want to play them because you would play uh the one drop on turn one you play gta in turn two and you equip it on turn three or you play one drop turn one gta turn two or stoneforge mystic turn two fetching gta and then gta turn three with the treasure you made with ragavan you can equip it right like it, it 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 ends up being that's the play pattern and then i think you just run away with the game as you draw and ramp with ragavan and then protect it from any removal spell like lightning bolt any lightning bolt-esque removal spells uh remove any creatures that they, their opponent puts in the play to try and get in the way and or gain life uh if you need to stabilize it like it just really makes aggro decks lives a lot harder i think in a world where hammer time is a top four deck in the format gta can't be unbanned 
Like that, that just, here, so, I think here's it my doesn't work. For you. Here's my question for you. Uh-huh. I agree with you on hammer time. So for GTA to come down and be a thing that matters, it, you, you can, you can search for it with Stoneforge, but whether you put it into play with the Stoneforge or you cast it, it's still going to cost you two to get it into play. Yeah. One's and you're still going to have it. to pay, you're still going to have to pay two to equip it unless you're going to, you get one of the hammer time effects to get it free equipped. Right. But you, most of the time in the decks, this is going to be in, it's going to require four dead mana to get this card to do something. It's going to cast and an equip, right? Four mana for it to be a, an active card. So how many things can you think of in modern where four dead mana can be spent for zero effect if your opponent responds that are common and popular? I'm, no. I'm, I'm not saying it like I know. I'm thinking about it. No. I'm actually... So, so, but it's not just... It's not four mana. It's two mana and then two mana at your leisure. That And that's... And that's that's totally different, right? Like, it's not like it's not like I have to spend four mana. And that second two mana, if they answer it, doesn't kill this thing. It just means you have to, you, it, just for two additional mana, you get to equip it to something else, right? It's not like the, the equation isn't four mana, do I get to do a thing if you stop a note? Because that would be bad, right? And that's why I think, like, the swords are just okay. But the swords are seeing some play. It's not like the swords see no play in modern. And this is better than any two-color an enemy color sword. Not that those I mean, are like they, game they, breaking. They don't see much. They do not see much play. They see, they see some like very sure. fringe play. But right? this is yeah, yeah. They're yeah. very powerful. Right. And they're very powerful. Because that's what I was thinking of. Was the swords are basically you know the swords are basically a slightly worse version of GTA in a lot of ways. They're I they think have the color protection, which is powerful. I think they're significantly worse. Sure, significantly worse. But I mean, they they cost one. They cost three to cast instead of two. They do have the protection, but like. I guess my point is in saying I, when I think about GTA and all the reasons that I am scared to ever like sink time, energy, mana into it in a deck, I think that that, that modern's a punishing format. Certainly, some decks would suffer, but I actually don't think it would be that unsafe. I think that like a lot of decks would spend their time and energy trying to get this suited up. You'd respond, you know, you'd respond. I mean, you bounce the GTA back to their hand once it has counters on it. You kill the creature in response. You'd like. There's a lot of ways to answer and handle this card that I think I do understand that hammer time suggests that this would be very problematic because if that was the case, then why isn't hammer time just being handled? Right. But I think there's, there's um, two, there's two things, right? There's not that many answers. I disagree on that, right? There's, there's abrupt decay, which people aren't really playing anymore. Assassin's trophy, which people aren't really playing anymore. Uh, Vindicator, you know, three mana ones, which then they're basically at the same level of you had to do it at sorcery speed. So I've already hit with it. So I'm already getting advantage on it. Um, You have. Like path doesn't answer it. Fiddle push cryptic command is the only played bounce spell that can bounce an artifact. So your their four mana spell that drew them a card answered your two mana than two mana spell that you've probably also gotten at least a card's worth of value in at least life gain or a creature removal spell off of. So it's, it's, I don't know. I've played against this card a lot in legacy and even in decks like pox where I can answer their creatures all day long. This is the scariest card that those decks would play against me. Like I would sit there with a pox deck and be like, GTA is the card I have to name with my, with my, um, uh, 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 pithing needles. Right. Like just because like if they have this land, they now get to kill any threat that I could ever build. Their threats are that much bigger and they're that much farther away to losing to damage. So like. I don't know. It was as always this is always a terrifying card. So uh, I, I agree that it's a C and maybe it's a C minus. I think with hammer time being legal, it's just never going to be unbanned, though. Yeah, I think that's I think that's all I'm trying to get at. I, I just 
just don't it doesn't feel quite as um just doesn't feel quite as savage of a card to me as it used to but you know and we'll, we'll, we we shall see i think that's my i think that's my general opinion on the card all right. So 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 that's it. That is that is our we've now gone through both lists last week. We did it at the end this week. We started at the beginning of the episode. Um, it's definitely an interesting conversation on like now that modern has moved so far ahead. I do think there are a lot of cards that are much closer to being unbanned than previous. Right. Like I think before we were in a world before Modern Horizons 2, we were, I was in a world where like would I unban anything, maybe Splinter Twin. Uh, and like just to like see what it would look like. But for the most part, I was pretty comfortable with it. Now, I think there's a lot of cards that can come off. And I think that there's a possibility of a conversation of doing it differently. Last week, we talked about no bandless modern. And I, we talked about how we don't think that's a good idea just because of how Pioneer dealt with it. There's been a lot of tournaments run of that format. And you can kind of see what they look like. It's mostly like Eldrazi, uh, Eldrazi decks. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then some other kind of things flow in, the, in, the, in there in the middle. It seems generally degenerate. Um, yeah, and then sure. you add the layer of pioneer where eventually they would start banning things again, right? The point of a no ban list format is to see what everything looks like and then start rebanning cards. And pioneer has that same, like pioneer did that and it was a net negative toward the format's health. What I do think would be really interesting. And we kind of talked it last week and I want to get your thoughts on it as well is, and what I want this episode to be named after, <laughs> uh, is, um, temporary ban list on bannings so so do trial trial run unbannings where you would unban birthing pod with the statement of in six months this card will be banned unless otherwise notified and so people okay. that have that deck or have the cards already can try making it work and at any moment in that six months it can be banned like it, it's allowed to be emergency banned through that if it just like after two tournaments it's like oh yeah birthing pod is too good and now can turn one on turn two no problem uh or turn three uh, no problem. Let's get rid of it. Right. Like that's an available option, but like more saying like, we want to see what this card does in the format. Let's unban one card for a little bit. And then if it's fine, we'll just let it stay unbanned. Well, like doing kind of the reverse of what they're doing on arena where like right now on arena in historic, they'll what's it? It's not called purgatory. It's called, um, Suspended? Yeah, maybe? they're suspended. You can suspend cards, which then doesn't ban it. You don't get free wild cards for them banning it. It's not kicked out of the format, but it is like not legal for a time being to see what the health of the format becomes. And I think that's a it's a weird mechanic to ban cards because you don't get any data. But I think unbanning cards temporarily to see what they do and then banning them again would be fine. And I think modern can handle the deck building requirements. Cause a lot of these cards would just slide into decks that exist or like collections wouldn't have to change very much. I don't. Th and I think if you're very clear with this card will be banned, most likely in four months, people aren't going to make the same investment choices. Cause that's the thing you don't want. You don't want a bunch of people to be like, Oh, I bought birthing pod. This deck's dope. I'm right, all right, in. Right. And then they're like, sorry, we're banning it. But if like, don't, don't invest in this deck. Like this deck is for people to try out that already have the cards to see if it's too good or too bad. And if you want to invest fine, but buyer, you know, buy at buyer's risk, beware. Cause we want to see what this looks like. And I think the community is going to show us better than anything else. And I think that would make really exciting modern moments and allow Wizards to see is Birthing Pod. Like, let's stop arguing about it because none of us know for sure, right? Like, that Wizards doesn't know for sure. But right, if they unban right, Splinter right, Twin right. and it's fine, great. If it's proven to be still problematic, even with all the powerful cards that have been printed in the interim, then the argument is done. <laughs> 
Yeah, I agree. I think that that's I think that's a fair attitude to take. I mean, I I think we're we're definitely at a point now where it seems like the power level is going to be too high and too difficult to predict for us to just arbitrarily say yes or no on bannings. So I think a, t- a trial period like you're suggesting is smarter and a better way to regulate. Um, I'd rather do that. I think I'd rather do some trial unbannings than any any more aggressive bannings. You know, like Urza, I don't want to see Urza Saga get banned before I start, I see them try to unban something else. Like I, I would rather that, you know? Right. Well, I mean, this week, weekend, three Tron decks were in the top eight of, of, of the main event, right? That happened. So like, is the format that unhealthy if Tron is winning? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's fair. Um. So yeah, I think, I think it would be really interesting to see what they could do. Uh, are there, what, what cards would you like to see most be unbanned in a trial period? Uh, if I was going to pick like three, for instance, like I was going to suggest like a three card, a three card group to start with. Um, I think I would say punishing fire would be one that I think comes off the list. I think for the sake of fun and diversity to see what happens, I, I think I would choose splinter twin. I think I would say splinter twin. I think I would say punishing fire. And I think I would probably say, I mean, I, there's part of me that wants to just say, um, as I was GTA. Sure. But I think GTA and Punishing Fire both being unbanned at the same time, it's kind of that's a little much when it comes to screwing creature decks. I don't think you would do these at the same time. I think you would do that's why it's like a trial period, right? Like three months, one at a time. Because I think them at the same time doesn't give you good data, right? Like yeah. if, if you were to unban uh, uh, GTA and Splinter Twin at the same time, then the only information you get is you can get other information because maybe GTA is terrible, but the real information right. you get is that what's better splinter twin or GTA is <laughs> like the main information you'll get and often you'll yeah. find out, but like then you don't know when that period's done. Should you keep one on ban? Should you ban both? Is one just good? Cause yeah. GTA he eats every other deck of the far. Do you have a Valakut versus Cobblade situation where like Valakut kills every deck that could ever try and beat a uh, Cobblade and then Cobblade destroys Valka and all the other decks. Yeah, you don't get as clean of information. What about you? What would what, what be the three you'd lean into? So so you mentioned you mentioned uh, Punishing Fire. I would just unban Punishing Fire. Just unban it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that needs to be on a trial thing, but uh, I'm a big, big Splinter Twin would be like one. I think that's a big obvious one. Uh, Green Sun, uh, Green Sun Zenith would be another one. Uh, yeah. And Birthing Pod, I've said earlier. Um, I think Dark Depths would be interesting. Specifically yeah, we, in a we had that period. whole conversation last week about that. I mean, I think that that has some I think there's some validity to that one. I think that one would be really, really cool uh, and just give like a different angle. It is like lands decks doing lands things, which might be an issue, but I think it would be cool to see. Um, people are talking about like vampires being able to use it as like a cool vampire hex mage game plan B. And and uh, yeah, I think those would be uh, maybe dig through time just to see what it's like without treasure crews at the same time. We've never seen them to get. We've only ever seen them together. I thought about Dig, you know, I, I do, but I, I don't think that we necessarily want another powerful Delve card introduced right now. I Agreed. think we'll let's see what happens with Murktide first. Yeah. And 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 like I, I do want to see like uh, people listening. What cards would you want to see on band? Uh, I, and, and also, are you interested in the trial period? Is this an idea that would be maybe something that's worth Wizards looking into? Like, uh, it, yes, it would create a moment like the negative is the format like people's complaints that we've had them in the last two weeks is that modern is becoming this rotating format. One of our most popular videos of the last two years was us saying as much. And this continues that, right? It creates these periods where the format gets up 
has upheaval happen due to them unbanning cards. Now, these are cards people own. It does do a weird thing to the value of cards on the unban list, right? Like, then every single card on the unban list just, like, shoots up in price. Right, right, right. Because, like, temporary, like, it, it, it's a weird, that's, like, a weird uh, uh, cause and effect thing of, like, oh, a suspended card, now it's unsuspended. It's, like, to- super expensive. Everybody buys it at that inflated price and then doesn't make it and then like everybody loses their money like that's that's like a tough that's right a tough bridge. well remember remember when like uh uh like everyone always thought stoneforge mystic was going to be unbanned so and around so the it, time like, of every single it went to like one, 80 dollars people... <laughs> and then nothing would yeah, happen yeah, 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 yeah. or like even stuff like uh uh what's the token uh the black token enchantment Oh, bitter blossom. Bitter blossom. Like one bitter blossom went out, got unbanned and went from like a five dollar card to a seventy dollar card overnight. Ended up not doing anything until like stabilized at thirty. But like, yeah, I think I think that would be the other weird negative is just like, but also interesting. Like if if Wizards announced this but doesn't announce which cards are going to be coming off, what is the like? What does that data give you of like what cards like Splinter Twin, Green Sun Zenith, the popular ones all spike, but then like does like gta not spike because no one or like uro doesn't spike because people just don't think it's ever going to be unbanned or like oko right like there's cards that people might just like right. think like this is never going to be unbanned but i think all of them shoot up first um and it becomes like smart to just own a playset of the ban list because they could become on suspension so you could play them i don't know if i hate that though I, like yes it adds a cost to the format but like it doesn't mean the decks you're playing become nullified if i think that's the point right like if you do a suspension on ban uh you you are probation i guess it wouldn't be a suspension these would be probations uh if you do a these are a, yeah, <laughs> right? card on probation yeah, yeah. The, the card's on probation if it's on probation then like and then it just like null, nullifies four other decks so thoroughly i think that's a card that doesn't stay unbanned right right i think like when you unban stuff you wanted to do what bitter blossom did just like maybe it is makes a deck good or maybe makes two decks good but it's like not problematic it doesn't dominate if that happens it gets unbanned and if that's true then i think stuff like birthing pod definitely doesn't get unbanned i think birthing pod is a you're like unbanning it to be what stoneforge mystic is doing now you're like i want this card to be one of the best cards in the format yeah 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 that's fair versus i I like like, it yeah yeah i think versus like punishing fire which i think you unban it doesn't it seems like minimal play yeah, I, I agree. I think we'd see some. I mean, I think some decks would take advantage and some decks would find new cool ways to use it. I actually think that uh, prowess and like cards like Dragon's Right Channeler, like cards that take advantage of that, have actually become a lot more prominent since the banning of that card. So I think that'd be one of the unintended consequences would be that the red decks and the blue decks that want to cast a lot of spells would take advantage of the fact that they constantly would have another spell. Um, even like playing a card like Sprite Dragon or something like that with this, just like you have a a creature that just arbitrarily is going to grow every turn paired with burn and removal. It does all of those things together. Um, so I do think that's interesting, but like it also becomes useless if your opponent just like, like field of ruins your land, <laughs> or, like sure. blood moons you, like you just like, you know, it's like really bad. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I think those are my thoughts. So yeah, I think that, uh, I think that wraps up our, uh, our band list and band list suspension, two-parter guys yeah absolutely uh thank you everyone make sure to check out the tcg play link below uh i'm on tiktok ben's on tiktok we're making a bunch of content there i'm at kess wiley there and on twitch and everywhere 
Yeah, you guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media. I've been uh, this last week or so posting a bunch of uh, mostly like uh, a lot of interview content that I did, red carpets and junk interviews with celebrities and movie stuff that I think is fun and some music as well. So uh, pop over, check it out, Ben Bateman Media. I'm uh, I'm in a in a post lots of things and see what works phase at the moment. Yeah, and uh, make sure to check out. Uh, we do Monday night streams uh, with guests. We skipped this uh, last week, but this week we'll be back tonight. Uh, so Kess Wiley on Twitch.tv uh, slash Kess Wiley, uh, and uh, make sure to check out our Patreon once again. Thank you uh, to all of all of our patrons, and uh, yeah, let us let us uh, thank you and make sure to hit that like button if you didn't, especially if you lost the trivia. If you lost the trivia, you didn't hit the like button. What are you? Come on. Hit the uh, like button. Yeah. Plus, there's a video of Ben crying on on TikTok. So I'm gonna make sure he records that tonight before going to bed. Uh, all right. Thank you, everyone, <laughs> and we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.